0: Welcome to the ENA Podcast with your host, Dan Campana. This is the ENA Podcast, and this is Dan Campana, the Director of Communications with the Emergency Nurses Association, welcoming you to our latest episode. And as we've done from time to time on the podcast, uh, there's just these things that happen out in the world sometimes, and emergency nurses um, happen to be where these things are happening, and they put their expertise into action. Uh, oftentimes for people who need it uh, in a really difficult moment. To talk about one of those types of situations, which actually happened uh, while ENA was in Tampa uh, recently for ENA Leadership Conference 2024, is Kelly Collins. She's the Maine president-elect. She's been an ENA member for almost 20 years, been an ED nurse for 24 years, so she's probably seen it all. But Kelly, welcome to the ENA Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. Big hello from Maine.
0: Let's just start off with, with sort of the bare bones here. Uh, you're in Tampa for ENA Leadership Conference. Uh, what was your experience like uh, you know, as part of the event? Let's just talk a little bit about uh, what those few days were like for you in Tampa, and then we'll kind of get into uh, uh, the thing you weren't expecting to have happen while you were there.
1: I love ENA Leadership Conference. It's a great time for leaders to renew, to get to know, talk to each other, to learn, to find, meet new leaders. And it's also a great way to refresh and um, see where the organization is going for the year and what we can do in our home state to help support ENA National plus take go home with some great ideas to help us get through the year. It was a wonderful conference. It was nice and warm. You know, we left 12 degrees here in Maine and went to a really nice few days um, and be able to get some sun and fun. And I really, I love all our conferences. They really helped me get through the rest of the year.
0: You, uh, But you hung around for an extra day. Uh, Gasparilla was the big event going on in Tampa that uh, lined up kind of in conjunction. And I know a, a number of ENA members, uh, including some staff as well, uh, went and attended those festivities.
1: Well, I actually didn't attend Gasparilla. I actually spent the day sitting with some old friends to catching up if on the at the beach okay and but we did get to see a lot of the um, fun things that were seemed to be happening while we were waiting for our five o'clock flight so but it was a really nice day of just trying to just relax with some you know we all have ENA friends that we don't see year-round and we want to catch up with them so this year we actually took a day to do so
0: nice nice as part of all of this, uh, like many of us over the last month with all the weather that's been happening in the Midwest and on the East Coast, uh, you didn't quite get out of Tampa when you were expecting to, did
1: you? I did not,
0: <laughs> so, which is where the,
1: where the adventure begins.
0: Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, you find out you're not getting out of Tampa to get home uh, and you get put up in a hotel. Why don't you kind of take it from there?
1: So, you know, after the whole thing with the... The plane, they brought us back to a hotel and they said there's no hotels available due to Gasparilla, which is not shocking, right? And I tried to get back to the Hyatt where we were staying, but they were also had none. Um, I reached out to some of the ENA members, but they were, of course, still either at Gasparilla or sleeping or so they said we have this one hotel. So I took it, figuring out I could sleep anywhere. Um, we were driving over there and my Uber driver was like, you sure this is where you want to go? And I was like, that was my first guess that this probably wasn't the best hotel. Um, so driving up to it, it was quite obvious from the get-go that it was not a good neighborhood. Um, th- that being said, I'm pretty tough cookie, so I said, all right, well, I'll go in, check in, go to my room, it will be fine. The people who met me there, the hotel owners were fantastic. They were very pleasant, Um, spoke very little English, but we got by with my very little Spanish. (laughs) And the room was clean. Um, So it was loud outside. There was, you know, some activity, illegal activity going on out front. Um, So I just like, you know, I'm just going to stay in my room, get some rest, go to sleep, which is exactly what I did. Um, the next morning I got up and it was relatively quiet and I said, Well, I'm hungry. They had a free breakfast there. Um, I, I am gonna go downstairs and get some breakfast. So around quarter eight, I opened my door and walked down, took a right, and there was a very obvious pregnant woman running towards me, screaming hysterically, crying in Spanish. And she's pointing and I look and her that I soon learned her husband was standing against the wall and there was a an arterial bleed coming out of his right upper thigh. So I run to him. I have my purse, my jacket. I run to him as he slid, slid to the door floor, really gray, not looking really good. Heart rate was not great. So all I had was my ENA jacket. So I wrapped it around it. And in my pocketbook, I had a comb that I was able to wrap it around and make sort of a wind for a homemade tourniquet. That being said, it didn't stop the bleed, but it slowed the bleed um, to the point where we were able to, uh, they came and were able to get him to the hospital. He had a, a, had a pressure when he left. So I don't know what happened to him, but it was one of those situations where I felt that divine intervention, if I claimed had left, I might not have been there for this person.
0: The scene of all of this, uh, I mean, you've been in the ED, like you said, you know, for close to 25 years. You're used to things kind of rushing in the door and you have a sense of what's coming your way you're You're not expecting this, but it doesn't sound like your instincts took very long to say, "I can recognize what this is, and I know what I can try to do to to help this person uh, Did you have any sense that anybody had called nine one one at that point either while you're kind of going through these quick you know motions to try to stem that that bleed a little bit?
1: No, but as I was running, uh, there was a housekeeper coming, and I said, "Please call nine one one So, you know, as I ran past her, and I'm guessing that's what happened, um, you know. And and ironically, in my head, I was like, how did he get to the fourth floor (laughs) Um, without anybody seeing this? But um, I never did find out that answer. But he, uh, he, yeah, so I I think 911 was called when I ran past the housekeeper.
0: Okay. You mentioned before we we started to record here that uh, you – were there when, when EMS, you know, did take, did, you know, uh, take control and, and move him on to his next phase of care. What did you do after that? I mean, is there an adrenaline dump like you have maybe during a code or something like that? Or are you just sort of like, well, I was planning to go have breakfast, but now I don't know what to do with myself. I mean, what, where, where's your head at once this person's been uh, taken away for next level of care? Well,
1: to be honest, my first concern was the very pregnant wife. So okay. I turned to her and, uh, he was gone, so my next patient was there, right? Okay. Um, and, and I managed to calm her down. I was a little concerned about her. She was 39 weeks, she told me. Um, very high, you know, she, she said her blood pressure hit. She had blood pressure issues, so I was very concerned about her. So I helped her calm down and get where she needed to go, phone calls. And, um, and she had told me they were had gone to meet friends that apparently weren't friends
0: okay. um, for
1: some money that was owed them. And so I felt bad for her. Again, very limited English, uh, my very limited Spanish, but I managed to make her feel better and she was able to carry on. So that was my first, after the first patient, that was my second patient. I wanted to make sure she was okay. And then after that, I really just wanted some breakfast. (laughs)
0: So the, the key question is, was breakfast still available downstairs by the time this was all, you know, kind of wrapped up? Because I'm sure it was only a few minutes, but it probably went by, you know, it felt longer than it really did. Usually that's kind of the, the mindset is it feels like it's moving in slow motion, but it's really going fast, isn't it?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. But I will, I, I had said that out loud that, oh, I'm really hungry. And the owners brought me a, a huge, beautiful breakfast with all sorts of extras and they were very kind and grateful that and so yes I had my great breakfast and then I went back to my room stayed in there for the rest of the day until (laughs) I went to the
0: (laughs) so how how do you process this because again it's out of the context of an ED Uh, have you had moments like this in the past where you're either out in the community or something kind of just happens where you're out doing normal things and, you know, you've got to go into ED nurse mode, you know, out and about, or is this a first time experience for you?
1: I, you know, I've had a couple of experiences over the 20 years where I've been called to step in for things, but this is probably my first life or death um, situation where I knew if I didn't at least slow that bleed, we would have no chance for survival. Um, so my adrenaline was pretty rushing. Yeah. And, uh, and, but, how did I process it? That's a great answer. You know, I I don't know how if I did or really thought about it. Um, I talked to um, some of my friends are there and talked to them about it, it which is, I believe, how you learned about
0: it. Sure.
1: <laughs> and just kind of, just kind of that was how I processed it and just went, okay, well, you know, I, I'm a firm believer. My faith uh, brings me to the point of the divine intervention. Um, there was a reason for me to be there um and i was grateful that i was and you know i just kept thinking i hope that this is a good outcome for him and his wife and that they hopefully make better friends in the future
0: the other thing that comes from this is you're trained obviously on these types of situations (laughs) how to recognize those arterial uh, bleeds you know those those ones that are the serious ones you know especially you know you can tell by the way the bleed is happening too and all of that is really wrapped in to stop the bleed training which you happen you know to see mm-hmm. all over the place at community levels at schools and things like that uh, does this reinforce to you uh, you know the, the importance of having this be as prominent as you know CPR training AED training because you don't know when you could happen upon somebody in a situation like this and everyday people maybe not as clear-headed as as you were able to process at all but everyday people have an opportunity to make somewhat of a difference that could help somebody in a situation like this
1: it's actually ironic you say that i am a stop the bleed instructor for the state of maine and in my head you know i said what i did not bring the stop the bleed kit what what was i thinking it's now in my backpack just so you know um but First thing I did when I got back here to Maine was set up, we're setting up a, a community Stop the Bleed in Acton, which is the town I live in, because I think it's super important. And I just, I'm going to use the example of you could be on an airline or you could be at the airport or you could be at the grocery store. And this is, it's so important for our community members to be able to feel confident in that ability and, you know, be able to say, oh, I'm not going to panic in this situation. I have a plan. Right. And and I think, unfortunately, with the world today, as you know, we just had a uh, mass shooting in Lewiston, Maine, and that was very difficult for all of us. And I thought of the people that if people at that bar was able to have stopped the bleed, maybe there could have been a difference. Who knows? But, you know, I think it's really stop The bleed is really essential for every person from, you know, nine all the way up to eighty nine to know how to do.
0: It's a great message that, you know, it, it doesn't take an ED nurse to make a difference in a moment like that. And, um, you know, being resourceful with what you've got to I mean a little macgyver there. And I know we kind of joked a, a little bit, you know, you got to have a little <laughs> lighthearted humor when it comes to, you know, life and death situations like this. But uh, I understand that you, uh, you sacrificed the ENA jacket for the greater good uh, through all this.
1: I did. I, I, when they tried to give it back to me, I was trying to figure out, I said, I'm not sure TSA is going to let me get that through the checkpoint, especially if I say it's not even my own blood. No worries. (laughs) Um, I think that might have led to some pretty significant questions and chose that not to do that. I wanted to get home.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think we can understand that uh, sometimes those sacrifices need to be made. But uh, ultimately, you know, all kidding aside the ability to uh help this person and and hopefully you know the the outcome uh you know your your impact on his life in that moment uh has led to his recovery and and all that obviously this is a big a big moment in that gentleman's life and and you were able to be there and make a difference and and certainly that speaks to sort of the spirit of ed nurses that you're may not be in the hospital but you're never really off the clock or off duty because you're never going to say no or avoid that situation. I think you you illustrated that too by, you know, when you mentioned working with your second patient, which was the pregnant wife, but uh, any any final thoughts about uh, this experience or, you know, any of the feedback or things you've heard from people as you've been telling this story the last couple of weeks?
1: Um, you know, the feedback is, you know, you sound like an ER nurse, uh, you know, always an ER nurse, no matter where, even on vacation. And I think that is so true. You know, I think all nurses have this, Ability to sense situations and be able to work it out, but us ER nurses tend to run towards the danger, right? Um, The only thing that I ever I thought about in the hindsight that I never really checked on scene safety and I should have been a little more aware of that. Um, And my first thought was him and trying to save his life and not knowing that it was most likely a gunshot wound looking around going "Hmm, is is the shooter still there so that is the one thing i think back that i probably would caution people to make sure that the scene is safe before you run in run into the fire so to speak Um, but otherwise than that i just um, i was again i'm glad that divine intervention put me there
0: well, Kelly Collins, I appreciate you uh, taking a little bit of time to be on the ENA podcast. And certainly, you know, you deserve some recognition as modest as all ED nurses are. You deserve some recognition for, um, you know, being there in that moment and, and knowing and doing uh, what uh, I'm sure you wouldn't have ever thought twice about doing, which was helping somebody in need and, uh, you know, making a difference uh, in their life, even if it's just for a few moments. But certainly... Uh, you were in the right place at the right time. So thanks for sharing the story with us today and uh, being a part of the podcast.
1: Thank you very much. I very much enjoyed it.
0: That'll do it for this episode of the ENA Podcast. And we're excited for uh, just another year's worth of exciting you know, conversations. I mean, I can't guarantee all of them are going to be as exciting as Kelly's story, but uh, meaningful stories, meaningful conversations around clinical topics, and certainly the news of what's going on at ENA for our members and for the emergency nursing community. So I hope you'll join us next time when the ENA podcast returns with its next episode. To learn more about ENA or to become a member, visit ena.org backslash membership.